Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to patreon.com slash laststandmedia. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 103 of Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast. We're away on holidays, but we're not abandoning you yet. Indeed, we're here to talk about Fallout in one of our more narrowed-down videos. But as always, today, I'm joined by my lovely co-host. What kind of shirt is that that you're wearing, Cog? We go, we're doing a little bit there. Are we doing a little Ghostwire? Uh, that's Tokyo. Ghostwire. Okay. Yeah, I saw no, the arrow do. at the top, and I was thinking of Skyrim. You know how they have the arrow oh, marker yeah. on the top of the map? I, I know it wasn't exactly that, but it reminded me of that. Trying to keep the Bethesda theme. I never had anything really Fallout that I think about it, which mm. was kind of embarrassing. I was like, I don't have anything Fallout. So I was like, yeah, sure. I got to work on that. Yeah, I should have dressed for the occasion. I have a million Fallout pieces of clothing. I wore Dragon Ball today, so... No doubt, but yeah, man, that's good. We got my man in here. I, like, listen, man, I'm so happy we got Ivan in here. This is the OG Anchorman V. People don't know, true story. I call him the shadow broker. You know what I'm saying? He's the <laughs> one that discovered ILP. He's the one that, you know what I'm saying? We used to be on the network together, and it was really cool. So it's good to have him. He's the biggest Fallout fan I know. Mm-hmm. And to have you two in the room, this is what I've been waiting for. So I'm like, yes, this sir. is awesome. So salute to my man for this special occasion of Duke. Well, Ivan, welcome aboard, man. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to have you here because indeed, as Cog said, as I said, we're going to talk a lot about Fallout. We want to talk about the future of this franchise. It's definitely in an uncertain position to kind of set it up. We all know 76 is currently existing. It's doing its thing. We have the Fallout TV show on the way. We've seen a couple of screenshots of that. Otherwise, it feels like not much is on the horizon beyond a Fallout 4 next-gen update. We haven't heard word of remasters, remakes, we know Fallout 5's coming after Elder Scrolls 6. That's going to be a while. So I thought it'd be good here during the holidays for us to finally put this conversation to rest for a little bit. You know, it's come up in Cog and I's talks, mostly mine, because I, I end up ranting about it. So I thought, let's get that all out of our system for the year until it begins again in 2023. And let's just talk about the future of what I think is one of Xbox's most important IP now. Like, that is one angle we definitely need to look at it from. But... I want to begin with with Fallout 76, right? Because this game does continue to get updates. But one thing we also learned, and I think it could be easily inferred from just looking at the game, is it's got a small community. Um, It's got a supportive community, but it is a small one. And that was, again, firmed up by some of the documents we saw in the Activision Xbox deal where they had a spectrum of how large community was for particular games and 76 was on the smaller end. Ivan, I want to dish it to you right off the bat just so people can get familiar with you and your experience with the franchise. Do you play 76 at all? And uh, how do you feel about where we're currently at with this series? So, I mean, for me specifically, I, I came into this, well, the Fallout franchise fairly late. 
comparatively. Um, I jumped in and started playing around 2011. And mm. the it was funny because the first time I played Fallout 3, I hated it. And then I played New Vegas and completely turned around. <laughs> so Interesting. So for me, playing Fallout 76 is... I enjoy it compared to ESO because like, I tried I tried playing ESO and I just couldn't get into it because it felt like an MMO. But 76, I just really enjoyed that comparatively because it didn't feel like an MMO initially. It felt like a Fallout 4 multiplayer. And I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. And I used to play religiously. I'm actually pulling up my stats now. I think the last time I checked, I had like 300 hours or something. In 76, um, sir. Yeah, oh, yeah in 76. <laughs> sir. Yeah, yeah, he about that like yeah, exact, exact. I was like, sir, yeah. <laughs> you realize where you are right now. <laughs> Respect, nah, that's his game. No yeah. talk. No, I, no, I enjoyed no, that, it. That balance things out here. Otherwise, it would be a complete trash fest. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like, like, even even whenever seventy six dropped, I actually enjoyed the emptiness factor of it because mm. it felt like they really were flexing story, like that whole like found footage storytelling type issue, where it's more. You're not going to have NPCs telling you what to do. Go here, grab this for me necessarily. I mean, you have that element of it, just it's fetch quest design. But then it was more like, hey, you're finding someone's account, uh, a recording, and you're kind of picking up on clues from that. And I really enjoyed that level of storytelling just because it was one of my favorite parts of like Fallout 4 and even 3 in in New Vegas, just finding random stuff (laughs) and just Mm -hmm. these weird stories that were entrenched in it. And so, but recently I've really, I've kind of just turned off from 76 and good. it's going to sound really, really petty. It's the graphics Uh-oh. that are killing me right now. I just, mm-hmm. it's really hard to play that game right now. Like, mm-hmm. even though like on the, on the series X and even on Xbox one X, they have the, this FPS boost, but even then w- without like a native patch, it's really hard. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. real. Cog, how about you? I mean, I, I know the answer to seventy six, but you know, where do you stand with this franchise, comparatively speaking, to Ivan and I, who adore it? No, Fallout. I'm late. I'm a late bloomer. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really know much about the original games, and and then obviously when they got the rights to it from NXL and then you know obviously Todd recently commented about how they wanted to keep the flavor the integrity of the game but then put their spin on it in kind of like that Elder Scrolls engine and I have to admit it, it really caught me I remember no, I'm actually I'll take it back yeah when I first saw it I was like nah I was like I'm not fit. I was like why is everything green and brown I mean uh. I understand it's a fallout but I just did the color palette turned me off and I was like why are people raving about it mm. and I was just like eh, I don't know and I remember people were like, nah, man, it's really fun. And I came into a very negative, like begrudgingly, you know how I get sometimes, man. I'm begrudgingly forced to try something because, yeah. and I'm like, all right. And then I'm trying, I'm like, and I remember when it hit mm. and it was Vats. When yeah. I found out what Vats was, I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. This, this, right, I could target the leg, I could target the, like, it just, it blew me away, and it, it made every combat encounter just very tactical and fun, and I was just like, oh, this is fine, then as I got to the story, and the whole, obviously, even when you start, the, the, the writing, I thought was just really good with, like, Fallout 3, excuse me, mm-hmm. and, um, 
you know, I, I just really fell in love with it. That was the game that really set me over the top. That you know, DC and, and just shout out to the cops. The cops agree. Yes, they, like, they yes, do. Cop. They are like that was it. So, <laughs> so what happened was is you know just the whole idea of this civilization and you come out and that moment when you step out on the you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. out the vault. Yeah, step out like, moment. I can't. Yeah. I was like, nah, this this is it, and I, I fell in love with with this series, and yeah, from that point on, I've been with it. But for, to, to the to the initial question with with seventy six, yeah, that would that would hurt. That would hurt mm-hmm. for me because I was, you know, Ivan knows I'm a big Destiny guy. That was kind of like our our mini battles back in the day, you know, when which game was the most played on Xbox, and we'd have the to Fallout's credit, Fallout would always be in the top, like Fallout three, Fallout four, that kind of stuff. And seventy six, I'm like, all right, this is an opportunity for them to do something really special. In the space that I kind of like, and it was kind of the, the technical issues, the graphics, and it just really didn't appeal to me. And then the killer for me—that's why I said the Fallout Three story was—and I understand why, but no vats mm. killed me. Mm. And I know it's there, why, but it, it doesn't slow down time. Right? Or... It's not, and I, I get it from a technical standpoint, but it just broke because to me, that's Fallout's number one feature for me. Yeah, like that is revolutionary. That. So that was why. So I was like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. I'm good on this. And I saw Todd come out and have to do the Mia Mia Culp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he did. He did have to come out and do a little a little apology, which was interesting yeah. to see. But um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think I ever talk a lot about my my history with yeah. Fallout. Just people know I love Fallout. But yeah, I, I I do have a similar experience to Ivan in the sense that I tried it, hated it. And then a buddy of mine mm. lent me his copy of Fallout Three again, and I loved it. I don't, I don't even, I couldn't tell you what clicked. I think I just grew up a little bit in that that year span. Mm-hmm. Like I really think I just went in two thousand nine, played it, and was like, yeah, yeah, this is it. I actually really like this a lot. And so, you know, after that, I played New Vegas because you know that was a year from that game coming out. I remember I bought New Vegas Day One. Cycle repeats again, man. Fuck New Vegas day one. I did not like vanilla New Vegas. I still like vanilla New Vegas, but I think that game was absolutely saved by modding in a lot of ways. But New Vegas, I do respect and love, but I, I again think that game, it's, it's setting never clicked with me. Still doesn't. I just don't like, and it's funny because I played Fallout one and two shortly thereafter and I like the setting for those a lot, and it's in the same locale, but I think it's just an art style thing at that point. But yeah, I was very up and down with this series, and four comes around. I love four, but it's definitely flawed, and you could see the steady decline coming now, and then you see 76 drop, and even I, who adores BGS games, just it was inexcusable, as they know, and I know they were aware of that, and they continue to say they're very aware there were a lot of problems at launch, but they're also trying to emphasize like, but now it's much better. And the reason I wanted to start with 76 is to me, this is roadblock number one. When you look mm. at things that are barring the progression of this series, barring the progression of maybe Bethesda splitting off a team to get a Fallout 5 to us earlier, or barring the progression of a remaster from one of the smaller Bethesda studios, I think 76 is that number one culprit. The reason I say that is just based off facts, it's a small community. It's launch, which was very damaging to both the reputation of Fallout and Bethesda. That they can't do anything super ambitious with the game now and monetize like an expansion such as Destiny 2 does. Because if they charge anything, especially now into its life, they saw how that went with Fallout first. 
that was probably the last thing they needed to charge for was a subscription service. They should have tried to charge for actual quality content and built it up that way, but they never did. And so unfortunately, the series has suffered permanent damage, but if you got it out of the way, and it's smaller community, what lies beyond that, I'd be keen to find out. But I'm curious if you guys see it as the same roadblock I do, that if you don't solve 76 and more than likely shut it down, you're probably not going to get the Fallout remaster, remake, the the even the next-gen port was long overdue for Fallout 4. It was FPS boost, and then finally in 2023, we're going to get something for it. Uh, so to me, it seems like this is just a huge obstacle that I understand and respect why people have enjoyed it. But I wonder if it's because it's only what we have the option to enjoy. Because Fallout doesn't have many other options outside of modding games that you've played a lot of times before. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape... You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, also, I would have mentioned now, I just looked, I finally got my stats up, and I'm actually kind of embarrassed. I have, uh, yeah. uh, uh, I have 714 hours. Okay, <laughs> you can speak with more authority than me. I think I'm in the 200 area, just from, like, testing on playthroughs and stuff, so you, you, you really dug deep into it. What was it, the updates that kept you around? Um, so for me, what I was doing was, uh, I actually really fell into love with the whole settlement system. I just uh, really I was waiting it. for this part. Like it, I was waiting for this part. It, it is, they put in <laughs> so much random stuff, and I just I've enjoyed doing it. Um, I actually enjoy doing the community aspect of it. Um, what was I? If you keep hearing the jingling thing, that's my cat wanting to do fetch. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. You good? You good? Um, so with, for me, I just I enjoy the settlement aspect of it. I'm that person that if you log in, I'm normally uh, I've set up my base like right outside the spawn. And I just like give people free stuff. That's what I do. Oh, um, I've enjoyed okay. doing that. I've been doing that for the last few years, uh, with the exception of like the last six months, <laughs> uh, because mm -hmm. I just I haven't been playing it. And for me, I think the problem was like let me talk about the strengths of seventy six. I think the biggest strength of seventy six is it kind of fleshes out dumb little lore bits that I just enjoy. Uh, like the whole Pioneer mm -hmm. Scouts thing, which they never talk about or touch on in really any other franchise. Uh, or not franchise, any other entry. Uh, they've done... They've talked more about these like these weird little Pulp Fiction things. Like they had the, the Unstoppables that they teased in Fallout 4. Uh, but they've, they've yeah. had these fun little aspects, and I enjoy those. And for me, that, that's what keeps me coming back if I come back recently. But the problem now is they are trying to make this like ESO... Not so much in terms of structure, 
but more in terms of we are going to have these really big content pushes and we're going to try to do this expansion model similar to ESO just so we can keep you interested enough until 2030. And mm-hmm. that's the problem I see with 76 is that it's just going to be like this hulking Frankenstein's monster that's just going to keep getting more patches onto it. That's going to just try to get people just to cross the finish line so people don't abandon Fallout before Fallout 5. <laughs> and I, I'm afraid I'm, I'm, of that. I'm so with you. And, and that's my fear. That's my fear because it's it's almost like it, it's and I hate to be you know brutal about it, but it's the Fallout game that the majority of community outside of five <laughs> does not want. And it's just like it, it, it's it's they're in a tough spot because they they've burned that that moral cachet that of but that it did a lot of damage. We gotta be honest, like this game did a lot of damage to their reputation. But there's this reputation prior to this, from what I remember, right? What is it's very illustrious, very esteemed. They were given every benefit of the doubt because they had the track record to prove it. They, yeah. These are the creators of, you know, Fallout New Vegas and, 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 and what you call it, and three and four and st- Elder Scrolls. And it just, they just don't miss, right? So this is like the first major miss. And then they kind of had to take the egg in the face. And at that point, the reputation became, you know, for the first time I saw them kind of the reputation take a, a serious hit. And I think what has happened now is that, like you said, Maddie, that I feel that. Because they 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 did the Mia Culpa, they they made it right, right? It's in, and then they got the Game Pass deal. We even heard stories of Todd going to Phil and or you know having a conversation mm-hmm. like this is you know really a down part for a down part of his career. How do we you know kind of help him get through this? And they they work together to turn it turn it around. But I think ultimately because of its kind of rehabilitation, that is blocking the next Fallout game. So it's kind of like. Yeah, we, we want to do it. We're going to do it. But you still kind of have this. And I think that that's the, the frustration, because if, if the support is to what Ivan is saying, you know, t- for as long as it's going to go, that means they're not willing to let this thing go off into the sunset all the way yet. Mm-hmm. That That's my concern. Because yeah. part of me feels like, oh, it kind of needs to have a cutoff. Yeah, it, it feels like they're holding <laughs> on to it for themselves rather than what the fan base would be interested in. And again, that's not denying that there are people such as Ivan who, who have played yeah. the game a lot and have enjoyed it and found enjoyment in it. And that, that's important to acknowledge. But mm-hmm. um, what's happened is it's become so feeble of a product in my eyes that if something were to dare to exist next to it in the same franchise, it would kill it because they know everyone would probably run to it and any chance of growth there would be smushed. And I think that's something that they're truly afraid of is, well, we don't have an answer right now. And until we have an answer, when do we drop that answer? Because it may hurt 76. And I think the reality that's coming to them, if they haven't accepted it already, is can that, you know, 76 won't grow beyond what it is. It's Mm. it's going to it's going to keep being cannibalized by its own fan base. Um, And I say that. Because I know, like, with the trifecta of monetization they have there, the Atomic Shop, the subscription service, the Battle Pass, you know, all three of them are there. And it's just the same loyal group of people buying in, buying in, buying in, buying in constantly. And that's what's keeping that game afloat are the very loyal people. And that's why they are always up their fan base's ass. Like, yo, y'all are amazing. It's because, like, yeah, they keep the, the product afloat without them. That thing is dead as gone, as good as gone, I mean. So 
I just find 76 to be that roadblock. And I, I bring that up first because I do want to transition to the Fallout TV show. We know we're going to see Fallout be experienced in a way that we haven't seen before, which is you know on the big screen, effectively. We're not going to see it in a video game format for the first time ever. And I bring this up in tandem with 76 because I'm curious, Ivan, if you share the same fear that I do, um, which is... When you look at what happened with The Witcher and The Witcher Netflix, when you look at Cyberpunk and Edge Runners and and the and the retrospective growth, <laughs> I do worry that a lot of people's first introduction to Fallout will be 76 after the possibly great Fallout TV show. Like, oh, I got that itch. Hey, there's a game series. What's this new one? Oh, 76. Let's try it out. And it's like, oh, this is the online series now because there is clearly a conflict of identity within this series. And a lot of it has been done by Bethesda, right? You have it as, in first two games, isometric strategy games. Bethesda takes it, makes it first slash third person open world as we know. They hand it to Obsidian, they do it. And to a lot of people's opinion, and I would understand and in some cases agree with this, school Bethesda, Fallout 4 drops. It's more of three, but a lot of people view it as inferior to New Vegas. Obsidian becomes the champion. Bethesda stays stubborn, drops 76, and it's the worst series in the entry in the franchise. So you have that conflict, conflicted identity, and then you have the show coming out. Where will that fan base end up? And Ivan, do you have any concerns about where they may end up if that surge is to occur? So, and it's funny that you bring up uh, oh, CD Projekt Red because I was thinking about that earlier. And I, I don't view, first of all, I don't view that 76 as a complete failure. I view this more along the lines of Cyberpunk 2077 where mm. they can't do anything that they would have done. They can't capitalize on the goodwill they got with Witcher 3, or in this case, they can't capitalize on the goodwill that they got with Fallout 4, and because they, they tried, and it didn't really work. So they're in this weird position. And I think, overall, I don't think a new Fallout game would cannibalize 76 unless it's a mainline entry type of game. Hmm. So, like, if it's, like, a Fallout 5 or even, like, a Fallout New Vegas kind of thing, yeah, that would probably hurt it. But if it's a smaller type of title, that's a different story. And I, I think we'll talk about that a little mm. bit later with a, a, couple, a few other topics. But with the show itself, they are trying to make it so the show is completely separate. Um, I know yeah. Todd Howard had his uh, statement earlier. Is it this week or last week? I don't. We're at that point where everything blends together. Um, but uh, <laughs> saying that it's a completely separate narrative, and I don't know if that's in. Well, it would be a separate narrative, but I think we're going to see familiar characters. So I look through the cast list. He said there will be references to the games. So yeah, I, what, I whatever that ends up meaning, we shall see. Well, I looked at, um, there's one, uh, Aaron Moten is going to be playing Maximus, and looking through Maximus, that lines up with uh, Fallout Tactics. So he's, mm. well, if we're going to be a reference of some sort, uh, that means Chicago area, uh, Brotherhood of Steel. But then, mm. like, they mentioned another character, uh, one other actor is uh, Mike Doyle, and he's playing mm. a guy named Mr. Spencer, uh, who, well, there is a Mr. Spencer in Fallout 4. So... It could be around that area where it's just kind of an introduction to certain things. And so I think the way they're, the way they're setting it up is with the next gen, well, with the next gen patch for Fallout 4 is they want Fallout 4 to be that welcome pad. 
Mm. Okay. It's like, okay. I like where your so I was, That's where I was going to go with it too. Yeah. Like they're okay. they're setting that up to be like, hey, you want your first Fallout experience? Here it is. If you want Got something it. else that's a that has a little more content, like lengthwise, then we have seventy six. But Fallout Four, we want you, that to be your welcome map. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Kyle, you you agree? Please jump in. Yeah, I was gonna jump in. I, I literally that's what I was me and him were on the same page because remember Maddie, we were we just we felt it was kind of I don't say random, but just recently, you know, Fallout 4 just got the free, you know, upgrade to performance modes mm-hmm. and all all that stuff and the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, what's the mentality behind that now in this late in the game? And I'm I'm just thinking, I said, well, maybe it's to coincide with this eventual TV show because mm-hmm. to Ivan's point, they're going to need a reference point. There's going to be people who are going to fall in love with this universe. I mean, this is we sure. all love this game, so it's just like it's a, it's a great story. So, like Todd said, if you pick a pocket of the United States in a place that hasn't been necessarily told yet, but you still have some familiar characters and just the idea of the vault and the post-apocalyptic kind of environment, people after playing that, I mean, watching that, are going to be like, okay, mm-hmm. what's Fallout? And it would behoove them to lean them and be like, oh, oh you like mm-hmm. what you, okay, here's this fall. Where's this mm-hmm. Fallout 4? Go check that out. And now it's the shinier version. It's nicer. The frame rates are up and all that other oh, yeah. good stuff. And I think it's cool. Now, obviously, yes, what I've liked the you know, a new Fallout game, of course, but it's just not in the cards based on their development cycle, it seems right now. But yeah, Fallout 4 would be a way for them to kind of get in. But what about you, Maddie? Are you are you feeling that? Are you are you happy with uh, that decision? Like, is that okay for Fallout 4 to be a launching point for them? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reasons you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Yeah, yeah. I think Fallout 4 does miss the mark in, in some areas, maybe most mostly in its choice, but as a Fallout video game, when it comes to its atmosphere, its tone, it is intentionally different. Like it's more about rebuilding, restoring hope than how dreadful things are in, say, Fallout 3. But I think it's a good representation of what Fallout is. It has the the post-apocalyptic Americana vibe. It's got some of the best characters the series has, in my opinion. The companions especially, I really love. Like, shout out to Kate, Curie. Like, I, I love those characters, man. They're great. Piper, one of my favorites. Um, they have McCready carry over from Fallout 3, and he's all grown up now. Like, they have a lot of awesome stuff in that game that, yeah, like, that's the, the landing pad for them. Excellent. And, you know, on the note of just a TV show, I am a little resistant initially, but why I'm loosening up is more than anything they create. It's the idea of I hope that they continue to make expansion material and fallout. I don't want it to be saturated. I do like the idea of it being intentional, deliberate, like they seem to be approaching with the TV show. Like we had these ideas and offers a decade ago. We said, no, we feel now's the right time. Whether that be money or they just feel it's truly the right time, I don't know. But I've always been a big proponent that Fallout is literally a universe begging for comic books, graphic novels, books to be written about it, much like Halo kind of has that. And I feel like Fallout is ripe for that. And the fact that it hasn't happened is upsetting. But what I'm hoping is through its mainstream success as a video game series and hopefully the TV show is that they will continue to explore more stories that can be told. Because right now, only one 
kind of comic exists that I think is tied to New Vegas, and it's a very brief one that came out around the time the game dropped. Um, so it, it's like a one-issue thing. I, I would like to see a lot more of that. I think there's... You know, because it's good to be a... Todd Howard has this philosophy, it seems, which is like, when you're away from something, you miss it. And I'm like, that's good for you as the creative. Fans want more, though. That is the mm. reality that Bethesda needs to stomach one year or another. Mm. And I think that they don't need to necessarily always need a game. They can mm. have their book, their their maybe show, in the case of Amazon. Um, I'm not asking for a Fallout multiverse, but when we're away as fans for a while, some of us remember the good things, but a lot of us also remember the bad stuff that could be remedied. And I think, for, especially Fallout 4 shine a light, that, hey, some of these characters are great. And you go back to 3 in New Vegas, and they also have their own great individual characters. And it's like, why don't we just have central character-driven stories, just books made about these characters? I just, I could go on, but my point being is I'm pro- Amazon show strictly because I hope it really opens the door for them to say like what else can we do here but if it fails and I'm also a little concerned if they just go see see we told you we told you we couldn't trust anyone and now we're not going to do anything like this again so I really am hoping for its success big time and I, I think that's one of the things where fallout well one of the things I really appreciate this is that they are not retreading any prior narrative because Fallout as a universe is great for lore and world building because there's so much deep lore and that fans mm -hmm. desperately want more background lore. Like I was looking at, I was looking at pitching a, a Fallout type game idea and I was trying to look up like, okay, does anyone say anything about this area? People have written hundreds of pages of stuff about places that have never even been mentioned in the, yeah. in the entire Fallout lore and just they have written their own stuff out of it because they desperately want more and I, I think yeah. one of the major things like uh, well so Bethesda overall I don't think they do great narratives but they do great world building and that is their number one strength and so if yes. the Amazon show fails it just means they didn't have a good narrative and I think mm. you could pivot and move on from that if possible but it just it depends on what the well the weaknesses of the show are necessarily so, I mean, it is possible. I don't think it's like an end-all, be-all thing for them. But I'm just glad we're not doing the same story like Last of Us is doing with HBO. I I don't want to see really? that at all. No, I'm, I'm in agreement with Ivan on that. Yeah, I don't want a retelling of a Fallout. Because quite frankly, oh, okay. like what's saying. cool about a Fallout story are the choices. I, and I mean, they come in different forms. Like it could be which path do I go? But it, to me, it's like in Fallout 3, you can skip a ton of the intro stuff, go to Vault 112 and just leap into the Tranquility Lane segment and the game just accounts for that. Like that mm -hmm. option on how you tackle it, same thing with New Vegas, like which faction do I want to align with? Like I don't think you can mold those probably like you could with The Last of Us into a show. So I like that they're saying like, hey, let's just go original, let's do something separate, let's make some nods here and there and kind of leave it at that. So well, that, that's one of my favorite you, parts Cog, of Fallout. You? I'm glad that you brought that up because it's uh, hmm. like I, I even did the same thing before because one of the first things I do with any game I do like at least four playthroughs, uh, <laughs> and I, I try to break the game if I can. Uh, mm -hmm. So like one of the things I tried to do was like was soon as that like in four specifically as soon as you get out of the vault I went straight to the railroad, and mm. just to see because one of the things that happens is that Dean has to vouch for you. The idea is that he's seen you do things in the world which is how you get into the railroad in the first place and i just went straight there we've literally done nothing and they pivot around that 
And they're like, okay, yeah, we haven't seen you do anything, and Dean just lies. And you have to kind of bluff with him. And if you mm. fail the bluff, they go on like, a separate mission. If you succeed the bluff, uh, they just move along with the story. And Dean admits to you, he's like, I have no idea who you are. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Cog, you seem a little surprised about us not wanting a retelling of a game story. Is that something you would like to see? No, I think I just misheard. No, no, you guys are absolutely correct because, you know, the the, the identity of Fallout is you. It's your Mm. story. And if you try to pin it and make it into some forced thing where the characters you've already met and and things like that, I don't think that's going to hit as harder so i do like the idea of a unique story that has not been told with mm. maybe references around it so that you know you the hardcore will know you're in the general universe right but right. it's a unique story they don't have its own identity so yeah i agree with you guys right on well there are many other ways they could build out this world and of course we can't have a fallout show without talking about obsidian entertainment so right. best right. known right. for Fix their work face. on fallout new vegas a lot of people have been clamoring especially especially since this deal with Xbox and Zenimax was completed, to hand the series back to them for one more rodeo. Especially while you have like Fergus Urquhart and Josh Sawyer there, like time's a ticking. Come on, like let's let's get a move on there. They have expressed interest, specifically Fergus Urquhart said, one more game in the Fallout universe before I ride off into the sunset is on my bucket list. Josh Sawyer has recently said during his press tour with Pentiment that he can see himself working on the series again. And Jeff Grubb has said that talks are happening between Xbox, Bethesda, and Obsidian about a Fallout New Vegas 2, is the quote. So there is murmuring internally, it would seem, but externally especially. And Obsidian is sending some pretty clear messages that I imagine Bethesda should be a little less protective of their, I put this in quotes, baby, because I, I, by the way, just on a separate note, hate how protective they are of Fallout, because I'm like, it was not yours, man. You bought that thing. You did a great job with it. You handed out your baby after your first game, kicked him out of your house for after one game. So why do you, and they made an amazing game. It's like, oh, it's almost like you're afraid of being shown up in my eyes. But I digress. The interest is there, Ivan, as always, I want to dish it right back to you here and get your thoughts on Obsidian making another Fallout game. Do you think it's going to happen? You got to remember their whole slate, right? Outer Worlds 2, Avowed, whatever mm. smaller projects, grounded support. Mm, say, it, say it stronger, what you yeah. say. Grounded support. Do you Obsidian. see it happening anytime soon, yeah. if at all? Kog, you're, you're antagonizing. What's the story here? Oh, I'm on top of the trouble. He know this is internal between me and him. Continue. Okay, okay. So I think it is an inevitability that is going to happen at some point, but I don't think it's going to be exactly what you guys want it to be. Mm. And it, like, are we arguing if Obsidian has time? I mean, look, they got acquired, what, two years ago, and how many titles have they pumped out? I mean, mm. Clearly, this is, like, Xbox's, like, GOAT studio. <laughs> like, oh, okay. You wouldn't, mm. No, but we're we alive. We're not even fighting now. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, we, oh, oh, we all might they need here. is just okay. go, go grab Obsidian's janitor. He can probably write a better story than most other people's uh. <laughs> Oh, oh, I didn't know we was in the same pocket. We haven't talked in a while. Uh, this is great. <laughs> Continue. Preach look, on. Like, <laughs> like Insomniac is PlayStation's best studio in terms of quality and level of production. Obsidian mm. is Xbox's best studio with quality and amount of production. Mm. <laughs> they, mm. I, 
like I said, you could grab Josh Sawyer or just one person and say, okay, go go write us a Fallout game. Whew. Just just give just put them to work. And personally, I think what they should do, and this this part I don't know if they're going to do it, but what they should do is they need to make a smaller type game. I I don't want to call it a New Vegas sequel, but like a New Vegas adjacent kind of game. Because New Vegas really is not a very long game. Just they did some really creative gameplay and level design where they extended the game by a half by making you not go to New Vegas yet. Mm, And so by forcing you to go around, you are convinced that these side missions are vital missions and that these are main missions you have to do, and it extends that runtime. And if they made a smaller Fallout game, like baseline experience, 30, 40 hours, but... um, to borrow a term that uh, I think Skillup said, his uh, actually his um, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 review, and I just this stuck with me. Instead of it being a mighty oak tree RPG experience, have a really dense bush that really mm. heavily relies on that obsidian writing that allows oh, you to do multiple okay. story arcs, in, well, well, not story arcs, but multiple positions in different methods, similar to Fallout New Vegas, which invites more replay ability out of it if you do that specifically and release that that won't cannibalize fallout 76 because it is a limited experience but Mm. at the same time it enhances it but only one key thing is missing and i think this is what the the marketing aspect grab brian fargo from in exile Oh, we doing it? Mm. And just Ooh! just put him in some like executive producer position just so his name is on it. And so then you market it as the second coming of Fallout. Mm. We got the original Randy creators. Tree. We got the Ooh! best writers. We got the best gameplay yes. all yeah. in one house. And just market it that way. Put it out the door. You could have people mm. wait till 2030 for Fallout 5. It'd be totally yes. fine. Oh, you got Bro, I'm which I gotta jump in. Please, I'm, I'm, I'm loving all of this. This is what we gotta do. You, you, all you gotta do is throw a JPEG and say Sawyer, Fargo, Howard, Fallout, Mic Drop. Oh, yeah. bro, they'll break E3. You just tell them that you're making it, and it's this three in a small. I am so. I think that, and like you said, Maddie, Vault Studios presents. Don't get me started. <laughs> Fault. They just call it Vault Studio. They, they dedicate it to Maddie. And yeah. it's dumb three. It's the holy trinity. Obsidian in exile. But that's the easiest marketing. The internet. This is easy money. Phil, I know you're listening. <laughs> like I said, just, just tell Brian Fargo we'll give you 50K. Just, just put your name on it. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. If you want to be involved, All great. T- just put your bro, name on Todd it. Just pays for itself. Facts. Todd, just fill out a consent form that we borrow your baby. Just give them permission. That's it. Obsidian from a production rate, we already know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, just I, just I, grab, grab three people from Obsidian, one guy from Dead Exile, and just throw a third of Bethesda Game Studios on it just so they make sure it works. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to go. And this way you don't miss out on a generation. You can't. And that's yeah. where I'm with you, Maddie. Yeah. You just, it's too important a franchise to, to line it up systematically 
after Elder Scrolls. Come on. You know what I mean? It, that's just way, way too much. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't have nothing else to add. That well, was fire. I, I'm, I am so with all of that. It's clear that Bethesda's production cycle by nature of how long game development takes is a problem here and that they experienced this with Elder Scrolls as well. Like, hey, Elder Scrolls fans, you're going to end up waiting 15 years or so until your next entry. That's yeah. also unacceptable. Um, that, that did technically skip a generation if you don't count for the many ports. And that wasn't good. And fans are upset because it's, again, Bethesda being a business, mind you, but really leaning into like ESO exists. And ESO is great. Like I'm the opposite of Ivan where I actually like ESO a lot more and feel it fits that Elder Scrolls formula more for me than Fallout 76 did as a Fallout game, personally. Um, so I, I, I was, I'm for it, but also I understand like, this should just be a little thing I snack on in between Elder Scrolls 6 playthroughs is what should really be happening here. It should not be the direct replacement, but Bethesda says, well, that's what it's got to be. They try to make things, things that they aren't. 76 should not be the Fallout 5 holdover slash replacement. Elder Scrolls Online should not be the Elder Scrolls 6 holdover or replacement. They should stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and may they strengthen both products here. But I'm, of course, in full agreement on the idea of a studio being dedicated to the Fallout franchise because, again, this is where you got to get creative. What happens... Yeah, okay, here. Let's get a little morbid. What happens when Todd retires? Like, what are we just going to, like... What happens with the Fallout franchise then? What happens with all these franchises? Like, mm. how long will the strings be attached? And mm. I just think that's something that needs to be considered here that just because, you know, he's around and he has his sway and he has his power. We all know that. But we have to remember to that much like we talk about Call of Duty and the Activision deal and the importance of COD, I think it's easy to wash over that next to Skyrim with Elder Scrolls, that Fallout is the most important thing Xbox got out of that deal. You do not spend $7.5 billion to be like, yes, Todd, yes, Todd, no problem, Todd. <laughs> you spend that money, be like, all right, we got Fallout. We're gonna do something with this. And they need to massage that out of his hands. Not because I want an oversaturated <laughs> franchise, but I'm saying like, bro, you cannot have these gaps for both these series, mind you. I mean, Elder Scrolls is more ripe for spinoffs than Fallout, at least. Elder Scrolls could benefit from an RTS of sorts with all of its lore focused on wars. It could benefit from so many things. The fact that Fallout's most successful spinoff, I guess you could say New Vegas was technically that, but I consider it a mainline game, is a mobile shelter yeah. game. Shelter. Come Shelter's on, fine. man. Shelter yeah, is fire. But come on, it's addictive. So I had to stop playing it. <laughs> had to stop. Yeah, hey, you put me on. I was like, yo, this is mad addictive. That's not right. That the yeah. fact that this series that's shown genre flexibility is its best, most popular spinoff is a, a, a settlement builder. No, no, and that's what I'm talking about with the corruption of the DNA of Fallout as a whole. And that's not me being an old head, but it's what I was saying about. If the landing pad ends up being 76, just like how Shelter kind of planted the seeds of, oh, I like material management and Fallout, and then four follows up with Settlement, they bring it into 76. It's like, this was a series built on choice and consequence and morality and the darkness of war. And I feel like that's been lost in the mix of free social media marketing via Settlement mode. And I just think it needs to be considered because not that Bethesda has mishandled it or killed it off or anything along those lines, but I do think 
this series needs a shot in the arm with other creative minds involved in it, just like, by the way, any other popular thing out there, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, so on and so forth, like you just, you get different minds in on it and Marvel, DC, and you work with it and you take it on different angles. So I feel like Todd is a part of the solution and the problem here, quite frankly, if what we've heard is true, that he is very protective of this IP. Yeah, I mean, we got to see how they handle it. I mean, I, I, it's tough because you see Obsidian, you know, talking about it, you know, and, and obviously Todd and talking about how I got the sense, man, he, he really loves that franchise. I really yeah. his most recent interview and how much Fallout 3 meant to him and, you know, the, the, how much he enjoyed it, the creation process, the break between, you know, Elder Scrolls, you know, coming out and stuff like that. We got to see. We got to see. But I, I'm with all of you. I think that there's too many intelligent people in the room as well as Phil to, to not understand what's the, the climate is and, yeah. and, and what would be good for Xbox. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm getting I'm coming around now. I'm coming around a little. Mm -hmm. I'm coming around. A little. I think there's still a, a good shot that this happens. We still may have to wait, but I still think there's a shot. Something maybe not, maybe not the theatrics that I mm -hmm. wanted, but something may happen. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, well, I think it's inevitable something will happen. I mean, you guys, mm -hmm. will, will it be the Dream Team Vault Studios project? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> but I, I think something will come out of it. Right. At bare minimum, a new Fair Vegas. Not, I mean, not a remaster, but at least going back there and at least bare minimum do what they did to Fallout 3 when they went back and um, did all the touch-ups to the 360 title for backwards compatibility. Right. Bare minimum mm -hmm. that. It is. Yeah. It's really hard to look at the '76. Oh, I was sorry. It's really hard. To, oh, not '76. It's really hard to look at New Vegas on backwards compatibility. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm so used to a modded experience on that one, so I don't feel that pain. But I totally get where you're coming from, and I think it's a good transition for us to talk about. Let's go. These these interim solutions, right? The we have the Fallout 4 next gen update coming next year. What about remasters? Fallout 3. Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 1 and 2, even Tactics, maybe, and getting those to consoles. I think there's a lot of work to be done to help fans experience that because these are technically those series with legacy that Phil talked about when they acquired Bethesda, where right now the only way on PlayStation, for example, you could play Fallout is via cloud streaming. That's not the best option for Fallout. Especially with that shooting, man. I'm sorry, but like you're gonna be leaning on Vats all day. You're gonna have to do an agility build and all that shit. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> so, I'm just saying that they need to have a solution for fans to be able to say, "Native disc in my console. This is that game, but on my current hardware." Whereas, of course, Xbox fans have the benefit of backwards compatibility, FPS boost, all that good stuff, and that's wonderful. Uh, but I could imagine a world where, you know, Fallout Three in New Vegas get that remaster with that console modding support. Maybe, I don't want it, but like just knowing Bethesda, the creation club in there as well. The community is there to literally give this game new life where they just have to port it forward. And that is it. Everything else is community driven features that excite fans on their own. And Bethesda does not have to make, lift a finger on the terms of new assets and making things for the game um, and I think the bar is remarkably low in this scenario here uh, uh, many people in my personal community and I only speak for that are very much like just bump up the resolution make sure the frame rate's good 
and move it on ahead into the new generation and that's it cog i'm curious for you are your standards that low if they were to do a remaster of sorts do you imagine any more bells and whistles than what i had pitched here because i know for the community they are hungry for more and they are just same thing with elder scrolls and oblivion and Morrowind. they're like yeah just come on just bring them forward put achievements in that's it mm. are you in that same camp or do you want a little bit more I do want a little bit more. I do. I, and I think it makes sense. I mean, you know, as much as we, let's be honest, the hardcore gaming community has dragged Sony for something like The Last of Us Remake Remake, right, mm-hmm. so to speak. But think about the the mentality, right? The mentality is, from a business standpoint, is that you are literally doing the movie with Pedro Pascal, right, and all this stuff. And now you have a whole new audience that's never played Last of Us that's going to be their reference point. And they'd be like, oh, wow, this is, it's out and it's this game. To me, Fallout is, is that important. So Fallout, you're about to do a TV show, right? A whole group. And to me, this is low lift. This is low effort. Like, you have the assets there. Now, granted, the issue comes down to the team, right? And who's available to actually work. And I get that. And I don't know where their resources lay there. So I can't 76? say that. 76? <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> One would hope that that's Parting not the hold. Pardon me here. Exactly. Like, I mean, look, it's at this point we got to designate, you know, I play these looter shooters. We got to designate a smaller live team to 76 that will just deal with the upkeep and finish out the roadmap. And then whoever is the bulk on that first development team, put them towards it. But I think it makes sense because if you're not, here's my thing. If the, if, the, if the mentality is you're not going to make a Fallout 5 right now, Right. If that's the signal you're putting out, Mm -hmm. then you should give this community something so that they don't go a whole generation. So why not put the bells and whistles to a four? Or I even said this before, you know, we look at what was the game? We we just talked about Witcher. Right. Yeah. Witcher one. I've never played those. Right. And now they're going to give Witcher one the Unreal Engine five treatment. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. It's a whole people generation of people that, you know, never experienced it and now get to see it in this way you know and i just think it's a missed opportunity you got all these fallout and maybe that's where you can leverage fargo and those guys say hey you know let's get people into this universe let's let's reimagine now it may be a lot of work again i'm not a developer i know i know ivan you've commented a bit i'm gonna give it to you but it's like at the end of the day it's just like i just feel there's so many opportunities to do something something Mm. you know just utilize that if your plan is you're not ready for fallout 5 people are people are taking but i'm curious ivan you shake your head you're you're grumbling you're what's going on where you at you totally disagree like "Mm, totally mm. disagree so first of all i want to make this clear anytime i talk about a remaster for a fallout game i want starfield level of fidelity i want Mm. that anything going forward needs to be that level of detail like, mm. because that if you're gonna keep this franchise for the next ten years and there's no Fallout game, like official Fallout Five, <laughs> bare minimum this thing's gotta be a decent to look at. <laughs> so okay, okay, all right, okay, remake, so, not remaster. Yeah, because I think remake is important, um, at least yeah, in, I mean. well, Sorry. and for a couple reasons. So obvious ones, Fallout New Vegas. We that that's we've talked about that already. Just bare minimum update. Fallout 3, also an obvious one. We're not thinking of some bigger picture here. Let's go. What we do? 
Fallout 1 and 2. That's what Third I'm person, saying, first bro. person Bethesda Game Studios gameplay. Because mm. I... I try to go back. I can't do the 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 over-the-top turn-based. I can't do that. (laughs) Fallout 1 is really tough. I always recommend to people try Fallout 2. Fallout 2 is 2 is easier to stomach, but 1 was... Yeah, 2 is easier to stomach, but yeah, 1 is friggin' brutal. 1 is brutal. For the love of the game. It's the love of something, man. Look, I'm saying there's so much potential here. And because a lot of it is... Bethesda perfected the Fallout gameplay loop with Fallout 4. It's mm. shoot, loot, craft. Because crafting in Skyrim and Elder Scrolls is like, eh, I found a better sword on the ground, I'll take it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, oh, I don't oh. care. But Fallout, when they put all that effort on crafting and doing mods to your guns and settlement building and the rest of that, that is what defined that gameplay. If you get the gameplay loop and you take Fallout 1 and Fallout 2, take those stories, take the blueprint, and make it work with that gameplay, mm. people will love you forever. You don't even have to. You, but who Fallout cares about having the, the Dream Team project if you just would have 1 and 2? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Agreed. But do you think with Fallout 1, it was on a time limit? That was one that you mm-hmm. had to get the water chip for Vault 13. Do you keep that, Ivan? Do you keep that... That dead, that dead rising kind of mechanic where the, the story will end, whether you like it or not. I feel like knowing how they make their games now, they're they're going to have to find a way around that. I mean, they could do something along those lines, I guess. But man, like I said, that's why I'm saying consider those remakes specifically. <laughs> it's like maybe mm, you find something absolutely. else around it. Like okay, like hey, you reach this point of no return. Like either we got to go do this, or uh, <laughs> you're going to get a very weird ending. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know what you do exactly with that, but I don't get paid to do figure that out. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, yeah, Todd, I, if you're watching, I'll do it. Too. But <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah, because like I'm a big proponent of Fallout Two coming back, just because mm. that game breaks the fourth wall a ton. It's it's got some of the funniest Fallout moments, like when you're in Reno and you can become a porn star. Uh, there's like call outs to some of the developers on gravestones in the game. There's the phone call with the member of the Enclave where he's like, who the fuck is this? Like he just, because you can prank call him. Like there's just so many moments in that game that sell itself. And then there's a really good story on top of all of it that doesn't have the time limit. Like it's a wonderful sequel. Uh, but yeah, if you could meld those two together in some weird way, you couldn't story wise, but if you could meld that design because like one of the things i miss about the old fallout games when i played them um, which was in 2015 for those who are wondering i love how when you exit an area there's a map and as you travel on the map you see time passing and i feel like that's a cool mechanic that they could play around with because um, the highway man was was awesome you know there's a fuel management system there it could get stolen in a side quest uh, there was a lot of cool aspects to that form of traversal and it's actually the only fallout game that just making sure. I think it's the only Fallout game that has a vehicle. And that does change the dynamic a lot. And that could be another wrinkle. Because I will agree with Ivan in the sense that, well, you didn't say this, it does beg the idea of, oh, it'd be kind of weird for a new generation to start with Fallout 3. And just hear like, oh, Fallout 3 remake. What about the first two, though? Right? You got to make those first two probably a little more accessible. At least playable. At, at least that. 
Yes. Like, because I, I, if I'm on Xbox, one of the lead platforms with Xbox Game Pass, why can't I play yeah. Fallout 1 and 2? I mean, there is this thing called the Mass Effect Legendary Collection that has the compilation of all of the Mass Effects for the beginning. I mean, uh-huh. there there is a thing. There's a precedent, right? I mean, it, also available money to be made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your game. I mean, hello, like there's there's things that could be done. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. No, definitely, and and. Um, yeah, the the problem with Fallout One and Two is like that's got to be ancient code, and that's got to yeah, be yeah, even t- like yeah. that game. There are certain games that are built around mouse and keyboard nowadays that you can envision mm-hmm. based off the layout, of the HUD. Like everyone gotcha. copies the Destiny cursor. It's like okay, fine, but Fallout is like a a PC game through and through. Like everything gotcha. about its management, it's the way you attack enemies. There's no button clicking. And I feel like even the way the turn order goes, it is very old school in that sense where it's, as someone who's played those games a couple of times, like it's just sometimes tough to know, is it my turn, is it their turn? The mm-hmm. action on screen is so minuscule that you can't tell who's doing what. Uh, it, it, you know, if they could, uh, look, King turn base would love a little bit of, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, right? A little bit of Fallout turn base if you could evolve that a bit more. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I feel like that, then you're again walking to that issue of like there's a real identity crisis. Like you need to decide right. what Fallout is. If Fallout's going to, you know, their next Fallout game, whatever it is, is just another, we came up with a new batch of ideas, then Fallout's just going to be different every series. And that's fine. But even something like Final Fantasy, when it introduces new ideas, new worlds, new characters, etc. You still have like those core elements to that gameplay loop, right? And you change them up very rarely. Like going from turn-based to, well, I should, I should say active time battle to full turn-based to whatever you want to call Final Fantasy 12 to kind of evolving that in 13, then going back to action in 15. Like it was still, you could feel the Final Fantasy in that. But with Fallout... I don't know if I feel it in 76 versus four versus one and two. They're all so wildly different. So this all does need to be considered, certainly, if they were to progress in this way, is like, what is Fallout? And of course, time being the thing. The main reason we talked about this was if you were to remake Fallout 1 or 2, it's like, okay, that's I'd be all over that. But that does present the issue that we're in now, which is, okay, well, that's five years from now what do we do now? And that's where the remasters come up. So I don't know, Cog, did you answer in full? Like how low is your bar for a remaster, a remaster? Like, are you, are you taking Um, just the bare bones? Like, Oh, 46 or 4k 60, you know, it's, it's got its new achievement list. Here you go. No, actually I I misspoke. Yeah. I want the remake. (laughs) I, I, I I, I really, want them to really put the proper treatment okay so you're not like me you do not want the easy route here you do not want the quick and easy route only because you've they've essentially already done it with back compact in a sense right so for you you, (laughs) i'm just saying true there's a whole other couple of fan bases to think that is true but you know you know why i look at the reference point Hmm. gears of war one what is it the 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 Ultimate ultimate edition yeah. yeah, they they've done it. They, it Gears mm-hmm. existed. They gave it the treatment, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Give it the treatment. This is this is a beloved franchise, and why not give that? If you're not going to do it with four, because right, if you say to me, "Hey, 
I still will push back if they say they don't want to do one because I'm like, bro, you got an exile in the building. Yeah. This is where acquisitions work. They're literally down the hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, if the code is lost, okay, fine. I won't fight you. It's just too much of a technical case. Well, if they're but remaking at, it, I don't even know if the code actually matters at that point. It, it, true. Yeah, point. That, that, that's Good why point. I said for remake. It's at that point, you just follow Good the point. blueprint and do what you got to do. <laughs> Exactly. And then creatively, you can sit down with Fargo's team and say, okay, this is what we envisioned. What was your original concept here? You collaborate, you make. Think about the, the round table talks and how fire that would be. Right? Oh, dude, I'd you kill to be a fly on that wall. I would kill to be a fly on that wall, bro. Man. It would be so amazing. So it's like it, the potential there, again, they're sitting on it. And this is where I know Xbox's policy is, you know, we let everyone do their own. This is where I kind of want Phil to be like, you yeah. know how much this would do for, you know what I'm saying, for the <laughs> Xbox Game Studios and the community? Like, how much money? Like, this is where I wish Matt Booty would be like, okay, like, let's sit down here. Let's think yeah. about this, Like, guys. kind of a, you're locking them in a room until they get a solution. <laughs> like, we need to figure this out. Like, yeah. that. that's where I'm at. But, yeah, I'm definitely remake for this because, mm, again, interesting. You, you, you have all the major players involved. And I would love, I would love to go back to Fallout. I've never played any Fallout. I wanted to buy introduction was three. I've like many, and that, I, I think yeah. that's totally fine. Um, Fallout 1 and 2, yeah, they're definitely products of their time. And if you're a huge Fallout fan, sometimes that's a, not even enough to overcome it. Uh, for me, it was, but that doesn't mean someone's less of a fan for not wanting to play them. Like yeah. Ivan said, there is that identity to some extent that's been established, that formula that's been established. And actually, that does bring up an interesting point for 3 in New Vegas. Maybe New Vegas less so because they at least added aim down sights. If they dropped a remaster and they didn't change that shooting, which I... I don't, you know, here's the thing. I will say, in def this is going to sound fucking out of pocket, but in defense of Fallout 3's bad shooting and New Vegas's bad shooting, is that really that core to the gameplay if the shooting is good? And you got to think about that because I did not use VATS that much in Fallout 4 because the shooting was fine. And I don't know, man. Some people are just not good at FPS, and that's why they're like, okay, I'm going to... Uh, no, I didn't mean that like Slater. I actually didn't mean that like Slater. Are you implying... No, 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 no. I may have accidentally, but I did not mean to. See, what I'm trying to say is sometimes they lean on that. And that's why that mechanic may exist, and that's fine. I use it, and I think I'm good at it. But I just... My point being is... Do you want that shooting improved? Because I do, but I also wonder, like, what is the usefulness of VATS? Because, like, in Fallout 4, they turned it from stopping time to slowing it down. Fallout 4 VATS was, like, to me, a step below, not only just in its execution, but its usefulness. It didn't feel as useful. Hear me out, man. I, do you, Cog, as the VATS proponent here, do you want a, a big gunplay change come that Fallout 3 remaster? You just came off the disaster that is Fallout 76. <laughs> you realize what that game did not have. Right? Like, please, let's not do this. We, we have history in front of us. Now, granted, I'm not going to say that's the only reason why Fallout 76 wasn't successful. And yes, I am biased towards facts crazily. It's such a unique mechanic. They created something that no one else I've seen in gaming do. And actually, I think uh, yeah, Todd talked about that recently on, on his interview and, and the implementation of it. Um, look, to your point, 
yes, they could improve call shooting. I'm not going to be against that, right? I'm not going to, if you're going to do it, I mean, you do have machine games down the hall. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, know what I'm you could, you know. But again, it's a different game. It's open world versus contained space. I, I get it. You know, all I'm saying is, yes, I'm, I'm all for improving the con. And I remember that was, Ivan, correct me if I'm wrong, like, I remember when Fallout 4 got announced, Part of the selling pitches was like, hey, we spoke, spoke to Bungie or Destiny people and we improved our shooting. And part of the pitch was that they brought in people from Bungie to work on the shooting. Yeah, I remember that was part of the pitch because they realized it was a deficiency. They, they could, they, that's cool. They could stay where they at. Just don't take my vats away. Like, let me target, let me get the visceral nature of blowing someone's arm off. Yeah, <laughs> Give yeah. me that. And then the so I'm not saying like, get rid of it. I'm saying that how useful is it when the shooting is good? And do you want the actual gunplay well, better? A, if you had a perception build specifically, they gave you perks for using vats. Uh, it was, it was, it, mm. You had a mixture of perception and of agility. You could actually set it up so, like on robots, you could shoot like the like a like a was it the self destruct switch essentially. Mm. Like, yes, but that was like a yes. really hard shot and like impossible unless you were using bats. Mm, so I mean, yes. there's a there's a potential there for it to work, but um, <laughs> but no, I I don't know. I I'm kind of in between like. There are real, like, if they went through, I mean, if, look, if you went talk to id, if you went to go talk to the you know, machine games, and, you know, and then six months when they go talk to, you know, uh, Activision, <laughs> so, <laughs> and making Xbox the premier first-person shooter box, <laughs> I mean, you, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of potential there for really good shooting gameplay. I think VATS will always serve a purpose. I'm just not sure it becomes like a, as vital necessarily, but it, it could serve a purpose for a certain builds. It's at least. time to make something new, possibly, right? Like a new system alongside yeah. VATS. Mm, maybe. Like I was thinking maybe you treat VATS more like an overlay specifically. Like it's still activating in real time, but like you, know, you activate it specifically. And maybe with certain perks, it has that slow down, maybe even stop effect. But mm. at a bare minimum, it's just like, a, oh, here are my enemies on the screen. <laughs> And like, yeah, I, I, I love that you could shoot like throwables in vats too oh, and whatnot. That so that, cool. that was awesome. Yeah, I yeah, love that. So cool. there are ways to evolve it, but it was just a little thought exercise I wanted to put yeah, you both keep through. You, keep your thoughts to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess really here as we reach the concluding moments of our show, we know that Todd Howard has said that Fallout Five is coming after Elder Scrolls Six, so we sort of have that. 2030-ish line in the sand. Like, I'm going to say 2032 because Randall Thor has just burned that friggin' year into oh, my brain. He's been killing you. Yeah, he just every year is like, see you in 2032, Maddie. I mean, see you in 2032. If we're super optimistic, maybe 2029, but that's like extreme yeah. optimism. Everyone's firing at all cylinders. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. all the developers have so, been moved over to Robo Brains. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. The line's been drawn in the sand, right? We'll say, effectively. It's now 2022 as we record this. So we have a decade to fill that gap. And I guess what I want to do, again, as a little thought exercise is, Ivan, we'll start with you. If you had keys to the castle, you're, you're Ivan Spencer, right? You're able to create this kind of fallout roadmap that you also think is realistic, mind you. How would that look for you leading into Fallout 5 in, in 2032. So Fallout 5, 
so I've actually thought about this a lot. <laughs> so mm. the thing with Fallout Five, realistically, the location's probably going to be San Francisco. I mean, they set that up in four. Like they hinted at it pretty hard. Um, I'm not like locked into the idea, but at, mm. at bare minimum, Fallout Five has to be a jump in the gameplay specifically. I think there's like certain things they need to focus on uh, beyond just quality of life improvements. I think they need to really focus on movement uh, and not just being locked to you walking around all the time. Uh, doing something along the lines of maybe like a glider, boats, and not like mm. yachts, but you know, like a, a motorboat at the most. And like maybe a motorcycle, but nothing bigger, bigger than that. And I think it needs to be a bigger experience, but putting that to the side for the moment like that that's what i'm thinking of future wise of where mm-hmm. fallout needs to go because you still gotta have something to do with all, all the crafting materials and just look it's been it's been enough time now that these engines can support having vehicles you you, you gotta do Ooh. something uh, okay, I, I view sure. that in the mm-hmm. distance but going from now and i basically got 10 years to do something i would focus on having a team specifically for preserving the legacy of Fallout whether that be updating old games uh, remastering, remaking doing whatever you gotta do like I think remastering Fallout 76, remastering Fallout 4, which they're doing with the next gen patch, um, and then remaking 1 and 2 something along those lines, I think that's a good thing for preservation of that franchise. That's easy releases, keeps Fallout on the brain, sets up a good, you know, welcome welcome committee for anyone coming in from the Amazon show. Great. That's fine. The other thing I think needs to happen that we, we already talked about on this, on this particular show is they need to focus on having that super game where it's Brian Fargo, Obsidian, and Bethesda Game Studios making that smaller experience. And I think that smaller experience needs to be somewhere disconnected. I don't want it to be like, oh yeah, we're coming back to New Vegas. It, it's a The thing about Fallout is you go there, you blow up the town, or you save the city. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what happens afterwards because it's going to ruin the timeline. <laughs> Just yep. have that yep. set to the side, and you, you got to go somewhere different every time. And I think with them, there's a couple of locations I think they could do, and I don't think they did this in two, but I remember it's a little hazy, like doing San Diego, like a smaller city. Okay. There's not much going on exactly um, if you want to go back to the West Coast, but I think two other locations are better. Um, New Orleans. Ooh. You could do something with New Orleans. Uh, That's fine. Because focus on a really tight-knit story, but do a lot of quality of life improvements. Like, I think hunting needs to be a thing in Fallout. Because, mm. like, hunting rad stags, I mean, that, I mean it's fine. You can just shoot <laughs> and they blow up and the head blows up. But it's like, okay, I want a little more detail to it. I want to, like, track something down. I want to go. I want to go through like that Red Dead Redemption Two kind of level of hunting. Like, yeah, okay, okay. hunt down the like okay. King Deathclaw. Like, oh yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I want. Let's go. I want that level of ability. Or like, okay, 
using uh, quality of life mods that they've done, like making backpacks a regular thing in terms of like a pick up and go, okay, this is my hunting backpack, this is my questing backpack, and just having your gear ready to go and you just grab it and move on. Like I said, little quality of life improvements, major thing there in anticipation of that Fallout 5 future. And the other location I had, our friend Nicholas Downey is going to hate me for this, Fallout mm-hmm. Toronto. Oh, in the Fallout the lore. In the States. In Ivan's timeline, it is still technically the States. Yeah. Because in Fallout lore, mm-hmm. they annex they Canada. Annex Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And you That's could do a smaller experience and do something weird like that. Where there's like a maybe like a Canadian rebellion, like oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take back our country or something like that. You, you could have a whole thing about that, and going somewhere mm. disconnected, so that overly American patriotism, that jingoist nature, is weirder now because <laughs> it's in a different context. Mm. And you like, with a smaller title like that, you can do something weird. And then have Fallout 5 be a return to form away from the weirdness. But if it works, you can okay. bring it over. <laughs> side joint. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it works, then you know where the DLC can go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, factual. Yeah. I mean, like, I'd, Absolutely. Like, but for me, like, yeah, if they don't do, like, so, like, for Fallout 5, like I said, I think the major thing for them is that it needs to be something that is bigger. Because mm. I, one of the things I, I can't, I will not go back to is if they do, after at least over 76, this is the one thing I do like, they did an entire state with 76. Mm. There are multiple cities there, and there's a bunch of, like, a variety of landscape, because I, I, I'll admit, I got really bored of walking around the Commonwealth. Like, it's, it's flat. Interesting. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, there's a big city in here, but it's okay. But I'm like, <laughs> eh. I, I, I want the state. <laughs> Yeah. Now, okay. now bear with me. I want Fallout Carolina. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Sir. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. saying we got mountains, we got beaches, <laughs> we got swamps, okay. we got deserty kind you know, of plains. You got we, all the biomes. You got, you got different got biomes. You want. Okay. Oh, you want you want like a whole story arc about like college, like college football, college basketball rivalries. We got colleges galore. Oh, you like, you want to do Fallout Pirates? We got the home of Blackbeard. We there we go. Like, you okay. you want to add gliders? We got the Wright brothers. It's all right there. You can do anything you want. Oh. <laughs> you want you want boats. Okay, you want gliders. You want motorcycles. You got anything you could possibly want, and that would fit in a variety of biomes. Because even seventy six, it's mountains in a swampy area. It's like yeah. eh, it could be better. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. But that, Cog, that, that's my your, blueprint. Like what's it. your blueprint, Cog? You know, you got till twenty thirty two to line something up. What's what's dropping maybe year by year for you? What do you want to have happen, Cog Spencer? Yeah, we gotta um first we gotta line up this movie. We know the 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 line between gaming and entertainment has now blurred. We're so you want wait? Now. You want a movie, not a show. You want a movie. Well, we could do the TV show. I meant to say, you know, oh, so the TV okay, show. I'm just sure yeah, I get you. the TV show popping, you know, because this way you control it better, have, have a better narrative there. Yeah, we, we got we got to align. We got to take the Jim Ryan blueprint here, mm. and we're gonna have to align it. <laughs> yes, I am saying the Jim Ryan blueprint, <laughs> and we got to align it with a Fallout game. Re, you know, remade. you want a just one Fallout? 
No, 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 no. Keep it in it. No, I don't. We don't just want Fallout. Glasses Fallout are going st- back on now. No, 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 no. We don't. We are not going to third person over the shoulder. Fallout. No, okay. Fallout is Fallout. Okay. Well, I, I apologize. Don't be the scare oh. of the community. Oh. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, Jim Ryan oh. is just align it, whatever this remake is, right? In conjunction, if you can, in conjunction with the release of the TV show. So that's where you got the free marketing. Oh. You get the. That's where I'm going. Got right? you. So you Sorry, do I'm that. familiar with another Jim Ryan special. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fix your face, Ivan. The, the, the Nickel so and Dime special. <laughs> <laughs> we do that. You get the buzz going. People are hype about Fallout, and then I lean into what I would say, which is pretty much you know, and Maddie, which is you know, the fictional Vault Studio. You you you, you again. You keep that preservation of the title and you really start to now brainstorm okay what are we going to do for right now during this current generation the series x and s generation long tail because we anticipate this to be a longer generation mm-hmm. yeah we may get a, a console generation mid-generation refresh but we will most likely be here for a while then we talk Fallout 5 long play mm. whenever after, you know, post Elder Scrolls 6, and that can be that. But yeah, I, you cannot miss out on Fallout this generation. It's just that simple. So I don't really have too much else to add to it. It's just that, you know, this is where Xbox is going to have to have a little stronger hand here. You know, they've they've shown that they they've they they could execute it when it comes to 343 when <laughs> they want things to happen eventually and they're not happy this is where you listen at the end of the day you bought these these studios the I'm Lord acquisition you brought them they have to at some point do some of the suggest your boss suggests something it's in your best interest to listen mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you just happen to slide this memo or this email you know what would be great, guys? <laughs> Figure it out. Figure no, it just, out. Just, just That's it. it, it have, have a basket, walk down the halls, knock on the door and say, <laughs> who wants to work on a Fallout game? <laughs> exactly. Bro, just put little vault boys in front of all their studios, yeah. the doors and the offices. So remember this? Remember this guy? How mm-hmm. awesome he is? Figure it out. <laughs> That's it. And then I'd even make the, the icon of the studio vault boy do a different poses yeah. with the face and it bro, it sells itself. <laughs> I agree. Could you imagine that icon to where you see Xbox Game Studio, you see Vault Boy face? Look at the smiles. Everybody's excited. Mm-hmm. You know that they're dedicated. They'll be the coalition to gears as is to fall out. Like, come on, let's go. Now, if I'm Man. Matt Spencer and I'm stepping into the room and I'm laying out this blueprint, I'm laying out what we're going to do until 2032. It's a really simple plan, honestly. Okay. What are we doing? We got to wait out Obsidian, in my opinion. It's going to effectively go, what am I filling the gap really until like, I'm going to say 2027, 2028. That's where I'm kind of looking right now because to me, they're going to go up first. Bethesda's going to be very busy until... Elder Scrolls 6, Obsidian's done a great job managing multiple teams. Some staff is freeing up, particularly Sawyer. So now's about mm-hmm. the time to get crack a in on a little Fallout stuff in 2023. So what can I do till about 2027 or 28? I'm going to take the, the lazy river down the remaster pathway here. So I'm not doing remakes. We don't got time for remakes. Mm-hmm don't have time for those people want answers they want them now okay okay okay. so what i'm gonna do 
So I'm going to start getting cooking on some of those remasters for Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, right? I'm going to finally start delivering those special editions if you want to play on the words of Fallout, ultimate editions if you want to keep mm -hmm. brand synergy with Xbox. I'm going to really work to deliver those. Now, in the meantime, I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm not going to do this fictional studio as much as I want that to happen. I'm going to call Brian Fargo. I'm going to be like, look, y'all have been working hard on Project Cobalt. It's time to split off some of the team, about 10 to 15 people. Let's start prototyping and a strategy Fallout game similar to what you made for Wasteland 3. Use the tools that you built for Wasteland 3 and instead of calling it Wasteland, call it Fallout this time. I want you to do that Ooh, for me. And I, want this, I want this out by 2025. Meanwhile, Obsidian's cooking. I'm going to give everyone the latest date possible. Obsidian gets New Vegas out by 2028. That's a great gap to have right there between spinoff and you had the remasters beforehand, the special editions beforehand, and then you got a new... This would technically be a spinoff. It would say, we'll call it New Vegas 2, right? But you've got new blood in the mainline series in some way, shape, or form. And now I think the wait for Fallout 5 is a little bit easier. Maybe Bethesda's a bit ahead of schedule. You see him in 2031. But now you can truly build that hype cycle for a new Fallout game, I feel, in a way where people remember why they loved it. They're excited for what's next because now the big five's coming around. And love it or hate it for those listening, while I think Obsidian has made goaded Fallout games, a lot of people do prefer Bethesda's design. And Fallout 4 and 76, while 76 did drop off a cliff, have had a lot of players. They like what Bethesda does in their approach. And much like Fallout 4, I imagine with Fallout 5, it will be that, oh shit moment. Like, here it comes. Like, this is a big deal. So that's how I would lead into it. You know, if we can get that vault studio going by hiring talent to work on a remake in the meantime, like a Fallout 1 remake, and sort of having Todd and Brian and Fergus and Josh kind of executive produce, just pretty much lay eyes and hands on the game and say, yeah, this feels good. No, this doesn't feel so good. I don't know how I feel about this. Get the lore masters kind of like Xenomax Online Studio has where they can pick up the phone call Bethesda and say, hey, this thing about Death Claws, uh, how did it go again? If you get all of that together, I think you have a blueprint where Fallout's doing pretty well. And I would do the same thing for Elder Scrolls. People may be wondering why I wouldn't pitch it for that, but the reality is Xbox is loaded with Fallout talent which is why that is a bigger talking point. You know, yes, Elder Scrolls need satiation sooner, but they don't have diverse Elder Scrolls talent because Elder Scrolls never left Bethesda, so you kind of got to wait on them for that until that precedent is broken. And maybe, again, they do. There was that rumored RTS a while ago, and that would be awesome. There is ESO, and you could say that did go beyond Bethesda Game Studios, but that is how I would tackle it, personally. That would be my blueprint from now, to the next decade. And I think Fallout would thrive under my leadership. <laughs> I, I have one so addendum to your plan. Every okay. title has to be announced with the Fallout 4 teaser, reveal, release date window. Nine months. Mm, mm. Don't announce it early. Yeah. <laughs> Just say, okay. yeah. tease. I can get behind that. One month later, like reveal, drip feed till launch in November. Like... Yep. Just do that. If you do that, that, people will love you forever. Do not let them know anything else exists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then you don't want to do what Cog wants to do, where Cog wants to break the internet. He wants to show up and say, like, 
we're doing Fallout New Vegas too. We don't know when. It's just kind of what they did with the Outer Road. So we're just, we're no. doing it. Just keep an eye out. No, no, no. no the, you can do that on one condition. Mm. It has to be a double megaton, where it's mm. we're doing Fallout New Vegas too, coming this year. <laughs> right. Uh. It's gotta be two. It gotta be two of them. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Oh. So. Okay. All right. All right. I get you. I hear you, man. I think I think there's a lot of opportunity here. We think that mm. at the end of the day, there's stuff to be done. They just need to do something. Please. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. So we've left them with many ideas to the people from Xbox and Bethesda who listen to us. So maybe they'll take one of these and run the other way with it. But until then, it's been a lot of fun getting all this fallout energy off my chest. Ivan, it's been great having you on the show to talk fallout. If people want to find you after this episode, uh, where can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me anywhere you see Anchorman V2. Uh, just don't follow the Pornhub one. That's not me. That was a joke from 2015. <laughs> do not do it. <laughs> so, uh, nah, someone got you bad, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, back in 2015, as soon as they announced Fallout 4, I was like, back then, uh, the cool thing to do was Facebook groups as opposed to being on uh, Twitter. And so I would, mm. I was trolling people really hard on Facebook groups. Oh, no. I was like, oh, day no. 89, <laughs> Fallout <laughs> Supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was bad. I had, I had people being in threats. It was, <laughs> yeah. So that was one of them. Salute to you. <laughs> Salute to your messiness. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Worse than me. And Cog, as always, it's fantastic podcasting with you. And we hope those of you listening are enjoying your holiday season while we're away, slumbering, catching up, getting ready to produce more shows in 2023. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed episode 103 of Defining Duke and Xbox podcast. And we'll see you. Oh, wait. Hashtag. Ooh, I almost forgot because it's a holiday. Hashtag. Oh, oh. What are we doing? Got, we got to just do Fallout, right? Fallout. We're, we're catching yeah, at the Fallout tail end DD. here. Yeah. 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 So use the hashtag FalloutDD. You can tag us on Twitter. Go in the comment section with that. Now it's time to wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on Defining Duke. Peace out. Peace. Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is recorded from the United States of America. The show is conceived by Matthew Mr. Matty Plays Schroeder and me, Colin Moriarty, and is written and produced by Matthew Schroeder. Maddie's co-host is Barry Lord Cognito Eversley. Defining Duke's executive producer is Dustin Furman, and the show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by Ramon Narvaez. As you know, all of Last Stand Media's shows, including Defining Duke, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer support level on Patreon, and we're thankful for your kindness and generosity. Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLVFMA, Daniel D'Amore, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Malachi Wall, Dave Cowell, Donald John Vader, Stephen Innerfield, SB, Griffin Queen, Nate Izod, Hargeet Chani, Albion, Logan Turner, Josh Sullinger, Mad Cats, Bloodborne Cart, Gunner117, Andrew Roman, Jacob Donovan, Eduardo Perez, My Name is Mayo, Eddie Medina, Jason Arzan, Christopher Knock, Zeno Adam, Sean Gulati, Grayson Maxwell, Cody Woodall, Blake Nesbitt, Sorta Serious Gaming, Colin Farley, Mark Arnold, Whiskey Sin, Zia Parrix, Relentless 
Rex, Drew Mullen, Christian R., Jad Rita, Patrick Skipper, Brian Hernandez Espinoza, Remington Wilson, Dustin Graff, Zach Cohen, Peyton Stone, Jalapeno, Josh Hallen Rui, John Keegan, Michael Buffalo, Dan Root, Asak Paredes, Talisman, Christopher Morgan, Andreas Wessling, Randall Holsey, Robbie Nauman, Jim Bob 56, William Holbert, Josh Godfrey, Kalike Zuza, Vornak, Surf the Void, Betty Ann Moriarty, H. Tronch, Trey Woodward, Antonio C., Jay Getter, Bjorn Campbell, Theo, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Slavinsky, Jordan Gale, La Fortuna, John Zile, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadet, Poot, Gavin Newlin, Alex Lapierre, Saul Balcazar, Berto 64, Raul Melendez, Eric Harden, Matt Flowers, Kinnams, Joseph Baker, Cruxes, Kendrick Callis, Jimmy Rodriguez, Caswell, Dave Alvarez, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Justin Gonzalez, Mason Cadillac, Ollie Fritch, Zach Allen, Kyle Hagel, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naaman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Stewie 108, Patrick Montgomery, D.B. Cooper, Richter 86, Todd B. Canning, Noah J. Stevens, Barrett Boswell, Christopher DeVio, Chris Morton, Mark Liberto, Johnny Waffles, Roto 24, Jonathan Coach, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Jordan Town, Brian Chan, Jordan Lewis, Organic Produce, Carlos Algorit, Dominic, Mike Menzel, James Hayes, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Jush, Martin Beck, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, Lou and Ray Loper, Jonathan Cortez, John Schultz, Tom Quinn, Anton Kay, Alan Tremblay, Tyler Bellow, Ryan T. Mandel, Pork and Beans, Tony Zuniga, Sean Battershall, Robbie Hensley, Sean Miller, Alex Cabrera, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vasquez, Adam Kiniston, William O'Carroll, Jorge Powell, Verdict, Phil Crone, Throw 7, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gates, Ryan Romerson, Sean Chandler, Lockmore, Gio Corsi, Joey Conholiker, Alex Monez, Gerald Pennington, Justin Payne, Justin Wagaman, Austin Riley, Paul Joyce, Alan Hopkins, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Logan Willis, Shane Rayum, Spencer Brand, Don Lee, John Cordero, Ashley Carlson, Marius Carson Peterson, Ryan Greenwood, Tyler Harris, Patrick Harper, Mad Mock Media, Bull Burkholtz, Jonathan Rice, and Casual Misfits Gaming.